uh, how God is trying to work in us and what he's trying to do through us. I always try to break things down into a simple statement. People are always saying, what's the church all about? You know, who are we as a church? What's our purpose? What's our direction? So we try to make it as simple as possible. And this is all it is. All you are called to do, all you are called to be, are two simple things. One, you're to love people. And secondly, you're to lead them to Jesus. Say that with me. We're called to love people and lead them to Jesus. Now, that's it. We can get far more complicated. We can talk about all kinds of different ideas and theologies and breakdowns and understandings. But it comes down to just that. God desires for you to love people and to lead them to him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us being a light that causes people to see God. And when we're that light, then we're accomplishing the task and the purpose that God has for us. If you can do that, you will change the world because that's what God said we need to be doing. Jesus said this way, no one would light a lamp and then cover it up or put it under a bed. Lamps are mounted in the open where they can be seen by those who enter the house. You see, the purpose of a lamp is to help people see. That's it. It's not to teach them how to read. It's not to give them great understanding and illustrations of life. It's simply to teach them how to see, to provide them with the ability to see. And that's the cry of God for us, to carry the light to people who are in darkness and then lead them to an understanding of how God loves them and desires to have a relationship with them. And when we're doing that, We get to see these marvelous transformations. I get emotional at times, obviously, when I think about these things. Um, People, as I walk with so many of you and I watch your lives being changed and becoming better and better and better, and it's remarkable to see things happening. I was at at dinner last night with my wife over at the Nelsons. They're they're probably the most hospitable people in the church, man. They're phenomenal and Wow, do they do well with the whole cooking and, you know, it's like, I love that place. But we've got so close to them, to Liz and John, and and watching the change that happened in Liz's life over just started a couple of years ago. And they came here, they were going along, and I know she was wondering and, and wandering and trying to figure things out. And then something happened and it began to change and I know she's reading Purpose Driven Life, but but she was watching people's lives who were purpose driven. And when that happened, something clicked and the light came on and she was able to see. And now she's become a beacon. (laughs) This gal's like, whoa, (laughs) what an amazing, what amazing woman. Um, That's what God wants to be doing in our lives. And so when we talk about all these ideas and things in New Year's and transformation, it's really about Becoming people who are not about serving themselves, but that who are about serving others. Because we begin to discover that life is not about me, it's about you. Now, that sounds kind of odd, but that's what it really is. If my focus becomes on you, then my life starts to have meaning. But when it focuses on me, it loses meaning. It's not about me. 
It's about you. It's about God working in you and God working in me so that we can be lights in a world of darkness. Light leads people to God. Light leads people to God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, 44, he said this, The Father is the one who sent me, and no one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him to me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. Now, I have so many people share with me, well, I, I want to lead my family to Jesus. I, I was very fortunate. My whole family came to know the Lord little by little by little. And you so desperately want to see them come to an understanding of who God is. And you want to force it. I remember I was laying tracks everywhere around my dad's house. I'd lay tracks everywhere. I'd, I'd scary tracks. Any tracks I could find, I was dropped them all over the place. And finally, my dad walks up to me and he says, Lee... I am sick and tired of all these stinking tracks. He didn't say it that way, but somewhat like that. And I said, well, Dad, it's just, he said, I know you care about me. I know this is all about Jesus. Let me tell you something. I'm going to hell, and I don't care. I said, okay. He said, so no more tracks. I said, Dad, I'm the only track you're going to see from now on. He said, that's good enough. Now, he gave his life to the Lord a number of years later after he had uh, gone through just incredible struggles and difficulties. And I remember uh, Mary and I had been married for about four years, and he showed up on our doorstep. She'd never seen him before. I was knocking on the door. I opened the door, and I went, Dad? I literally didn't recognize him. And he said, Son, I found out where you live, and I just I was in town. I came up here to California. I just wanted to say hi. I wanted to tell you that, that God had changed my life and I'd come to know Jesus. I went, cool. <laughs> he went and met my wife and did the whole thing and then he left. And he died not too far after he got in a car accident. Uh, I, I tell you that story to say God wants to take the pressure off us in relationship to leading other people to Jesus. You see, we're supposed to be a light, a track, so they, they have the opportunity to see, but they have to choose to see. And at the right time, God will call them, and they'll choose to or not to respond. But it's, it's not on you. You don't, have to, you don't have to have all your act together. You don't have to have all the words to share. You simply need to be a light so that they might be able to respond to who Jesus is. Hope that takes away the pressure on you. Today, what I want to talk about is a couple simple things that I think are the most important things that, you, that you're going to be, ever get a hold of in relationship to life and living. And the first one is that God calls us to lead people to Jesus. The most wonderful thing that can happen in your life is to lead your parents, your son, your daughter, your friend to Jesus. That they might experience life as it was meant to be. That they can find contentment. And wholeness that God so much wants them to have, but they're living without it and they're struggling within that. Jesus tells us, this is why I told you no one can come to me unless the father has enabled him. You see, Jesus is speaking to the simple fact that God desires for everyone to be saved, but not everyone at any given point in time are able to respond to him when they are. The Holy Spirit does something miraculous and powerful. 
And in the midst of their doubts and their questions and their darkness, some light pierces through and they're able to begin to respond to him. How does it work? I don't have a clue. Okay? Don't have a clue. I just know it does. I'm always amazed when and how God does it. C.S. Lewis put it this way. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. As the sun rises in our life, we're able to see. Before I became a Christian, I didn't believe in the Bible. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. All I believed in was me. And I wasn't happy with that. But one day, the opportunity came for me to respond to God. God chose me, called me. And when that happened... I asked him, Lord, help my unbelief. I don't know who you are. I don't know what this is all about. I don't understand. Help my unbelief. And he did. And he chose me and he brought me in and began to open my eyes so I could see it little by little by little. The Spirit of God began to illuminate the Word of God. I began to understand what it was about. I think of, of Paul as he was sharing with these people that were in a little place called Mars Hill outside of Rome, and it was like a giant plaza that people would come to to try and discover and to discuss God. Who was he? What was he all about? And Paul goes into this special setting here, and he walks up to one statue and says, to the unknown God. And he turns to the people, he says, I came to talk to you about the God that you don't know because you can come to know him. And he began to share with them who Jesus was and what he had done. And some of the people responded positively. And when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them said, wow, and some of them sneered. Some of them said, we want to hear you again on this subject. See, some were enabled and some were not. And Paul didn't get upset about those who were not. He simply responded to those who were. And that's the cry to us. Respond to those who have a question that you can answer. You see, it's not our job to force people who aren't interested to become interested. Sometimes as pastors, we want to have a better and better message. Maybe if I preached a better message, you guys would be able to respond and understand. And you jump up and down and say, Hallelujah, Lord Lee. Hallelujah, you are so wonderful. And I would go, I know, isn't it incredible? I am wonderful. And now we don't think it that way, but that's kind of what we think. We think, if I could just do a better job, if it was clear, if it was, it was more succinctly put together, then somehow all the people would respond and have this wonderful transforming experience with God. But the reality is, the Holy Spirit of God is here today and He's choosing each one of you in a variety of ways and He's speaking to you in a variety of manners. And He's desiring for you to hear Him. And when He speaks to you, He'll use some of the things I say, and he'll use some of the things that I don't. In fact, many of you will come to me after the service periodically and say, Pastor Lee, when you said this, and I hate to tell you this, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. We could play back the tape and you go, I would have swore you said right then. That wasn't me. If it's really, really good and insightful and heart-grabbing, it wasn't me. 
It was the Spirit of God. And you'll say things like, it's like you looked into my living room and knew exactly. And I go, yeah, isn't that cool? Not that I was in your living room because I wasn't. But that God knows and he spoke to you because he was. And he was in your bedroom. And he was in all those areas. And he spoke to you despite my inability and my inadequacy. See, and then I began to say, oh, God, so what this is all about is simply sharing with them your truth and allowing you to do what you want to do in the way that you choose to do it. Nicodemus, he was a spiritual leader, this big, strong guy. He comes to Jesus at night so the other people won't see him. He says, Jesus, I'm discontented. My life isn't working. What should I do? And he says, well, duh, you need to be born again. Nicodemus goes, oh, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? Jesus said, well, unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You have to humble yourself. You have to ask me to release you from the sin and the struggle that's going on in your life. And then you're going to be able to be born again. Now, Nicodemus figures it out sometime later as he responds to Jesus. But right then, he's just confused. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he leaves. He was enabled up to a point. And later on, God called him in. That was me too. It was three, four months later before I came to know Christ, despite the fact that this young lady, who to this day doesn't know that as she shared this four spiritual laws, the Holy Spirit was going, okay, Lee, yep, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. And I was going, it is not. The Holy Spirit, yes, it is. Yes, it is. We need to love people and lead them to Jesus. That's what our life needs to be about. Jesus shows up. He's going to get some water. He's thirsty. Lady comes up. He doesn't have anything to drink with. He doesn't have a cup. He doesn't have any way to get down the well. She comes up and she asked him, hey, Jesus, could you help me with this? And he said, absolutely. He said, but I can help you even more. I can give you water that you'll never, ever have to go down in the well and pull up again. I'll give you a living water. It'll change your entire life. And she goes into a whole series of discussions and things. And he listens to her and listens to her. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. He comes back and he says, okay, now I am the Messiah. It's interesting. She's the first one that he declares himself to, this prostitute, messed up, broken down woman who comes later to the well when nobody else is there because she has no relationships with the people except for a bunch of men. Who, interestingly enough, then she leaves after Jesus speaks to her. And she goes and shares with all those men, Hey, I just met this guy who knows everything I've ever done. And they kind of went, What? What? <laughs> everything you've ever done? With, yeah, everything? Yeah, everything. I go, No, this uh, sounds like trouble to me. And the process begins in their lives and their heart until the entire village finds himself responding to Jesus. You see, we love people, we lead them to Jesus at the right time with the right style. The right time is determined by God. He enables them and chooses them. The right style God placed you with. God gave you a style, an ability to share who he is, a special kind of light. Some of you are Tiffany lights. Some of you are spotlights. Okay, some of you are soft lights, but you're all lights. You're all lights. And sometimes the question is, you need to find out, well, what light am I, Lord? What kind of light am I supposed to shine? I call that a style, a style of light. 
But you need to learn, lead with the, with the right style, your own unique one. Acts 2.40 gave Peter's style. Peter starts off the church and it says, Peter warned them with many other words and then he begged them, save yourself from the evil of today's people. You can circle, save yourself. You see, you can't save anyone. They must choose to receive the gift of salvation. But you have to choose how you're going to share Jesus with them. So I want to look at six different styles of ways of sharing Jesus with others. And there's a lot more than this, but there's here's six. I'm actually going to do seven. I don't have that one in here, but we're going to see the seventh one today as long as we have time. First one is confrontational style. And that's Peter. Peter is going at it. Peter is one of those ready, fire, aim kind of guys. Okay. You, you count to him and he's all about Jesus needs you right now. You need to repent right now. You, 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 you. And you're like. Good grief, what's going on? And people respond. You go, what's going on? If I do that, they just throw rocks at me. Peter does it, and people come flocking down, and and God does this remarkable stuff with them. Uh, Because it's not your style, it's his. He's a confrontational evangelist. He has this spirit-provided ability to share at the right time with people so many will respond. Billy Graham was that way. I still remember going to one of his... Big crusades, we're sitting there, and he's talking away, and I thought, he's really not that good of a speaker. I admit, that's what I thought. I thought, he's really not that good. Eh, he's like so-so with his breaking down. It's not bad. Illustrations, eh, middle of the road. Okay, I've, I've heard better, you know. You know. Say, oh, well, Lord, oh, you know, he's good. And we're to, okay, Lord, I do pray that you'll ask anybody here who's supposed to come to. You know, I lift up my eyes. And there's like thousands of people going down. They're like running to the front to come receive Jesus. I go, what is going on? What's going on? When I do it, I'm lucky if one person responds. And it's usually my wife. <laughs> and I say, that's the struggle. His style was this confrontational thing. God gave him a gift, wonderful element. Okay? Recognizing their sinners, Holy Spirit falls upon them, recognize their need for forgiveness, and they respond and come forward and receive him. Another style is the intellectual style. This is kind of a Lee Strobel style this day and age. Okay, intellectual sound. Paul was an intellectual guy. So Paul comes in. He's in Acts 17, 22, And we just talked about that. He's on Mars Hill. He's sharing with all these intellectuals around him who are talking about who God is and philosophizing concepts of God. And he lays out clearly reasoning from the scriptures with people, showing them what God has said, making them aware of their need. He walks through, I'm sure, the percentage of prophecies that came true and how it would be impossible for them to come to true. Unless God was in the midst of it. And then he starts breaking down a number of other elements and understanding why the Bible is such a miraculous document. How only God could have put this together. Why people's changed lives are happening only because God must be in the middle of it. And he begins to philosophize and intellectually share exactly who Jesus is, who God is, and how he can respond to him. It's called an apologetic approach. Josh McDowell. Some other men have these marvelous ability to lay out these things. And after they get done, people respond. And if we're there, we're going, man, I wish I was that smart. Because if I was that smart, then I could lead people to Jesus too. But that's not what it's about. It's about the Holy Spirit using your style. Using your style. Because people are going to respond to different styles. 
third style, testimonial style. This one was the blind man. I mean, it's the ultimate testimonial style is the blind man. Okay, the blind man is healed by Jesus. A group of religious leaders who oppose him, they come and tell him, you know, you're crazy. Jesus is not the Savior. He's just another sinner. And he replies, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Testimonial style. How do you deal with that one? Uh, well, I don't believe you. <laughs> Whatever you like. I was blind. Now I see my life has been changed. Everyone has this ability and style who has interacted with Jesus and the change has taken place. Almost always need to be shared before we need. We lead a person in, in a prayer with Jesus. They need to hear our testimony about who we are and what happened. So we share how God brought us from darkness to light. And we try to connect our story with their story. This is how God changed my marriage. This is how my relationship with other people began to change. God will deal with you. He'll provide you with whatever it is that you need to be able to see him, to experience his love and his power in your life. Okay, that's a testimonial style. That may be the easiest, but it can also be the hardest because you've got to make it succinct. If you go on and on for 45 minutes, the person just falls asleep. I know. <laughs> no, that's never happened to me. I'm very succinct. Terse is the word I like to use. Fourth <laughs> oh, style, not interpersonal style. Interpersonal style. This is actually, we have, we have a few people here I think of. I think of the stacks. I think of uh, my wife. I, I think of a few others. And somewhat the, uh, the Nelsons have a bit of this. The interpersonal style is, it says, Soon Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many of Levi's fellow tax collector and other guests were there. It's a party with a purpose. See, some people can put on, if you have me put on a party for you, you're going to be very disappointed. Okay? You'll walk in and go, and, what's with the music, Lee? I've got some Jesus music going on. And it's like laid back and maybe some salami, you know, a few crackers. You're going, this is the party? Yeah! And you're going, Lee, you're not throwing any more parties for me. Get my wife to throw the party. You will have a good time. Get the stacks to the party. You'll have a good time. See, it's, uh, they're party people that can gather people together because a party with a purpose. So we don't party just to, let's party. We party to find out who Jesus is and what he can do in our life. And the joy and the excitement of finding him and discovering him. And that's the party that Matthew puts on here. Telling his friends, this is what's happening. We have these golf tournaments where people get together and they find out about the, why all these shanks in their life and these mishits and these mess-ups. And they hear about this and begin to go, well, what's going on? And then you get them in the car afterwards and we sit down and we drive and they start talking, who is this Jesus thing anyway? Why was the guy talking about Jesus at the golf thing? What? And it began to lead them to an understanding through your testimonial style and intellectual style, whatever it is, and they respond and receive Jesus at that point in time in their life. You see, someone has to be involved in sharing how God works in our life and the life uh, of, of other people as well. You know, let's, let's take a look at the little clip here that may help us to understand this. This is a situation with some policemen sharing one with another about how God works. You see that style of presentation, and then he 
kind of pulled in with the testimonial style there at the end and talked about how God had changed his life as well. And then he confronted him and finally said, hey, what's, hold, what's stopping you from, from praying that prayer now? What's stopping you from responding to Jesus right now? And you need to ask that question. You need to bring people to that spot to say, hey, don't, don't stop when you're right here at the edge. God's calling you. God's choosing you. Don't stop now. Make the prayer. Pray the prayer. Go for it. Allow God to do something significant. Love people. Lead them to Jesus. Don't lead them to you. Don't, don't leave them with, oh, Ray is such a wonderful guy. He's so intelligent and capable and caring and, you know, financially supportive. Who cares? Lead them to Jesus. It's not about you. You're not going to help them. It's about Jesus. He changes everything when we encounter him. We're back to that woman at the well. She had the invitational style. I mentioned it a little earlier. The Samaritans, many in the town, believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. He told me everything I ever did. He knows my story. I bet he also knows yours. And she invites him, come and see Listen, respond, receive him. And so the entire village, or most of them, did. There's a recent poll that said one out of every four adults said if they were asked to come to church, they would. If they were asked to come to church, they would. Who are you asking? Don't assume because they have Terrible language. I, I, I love to play golf, you know, and I, I oftentimes I'll go out on my own and I'll put a threesome with me. And the first few holes will be amazing in terms of the <laughs> language. It'll be, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just going left and right, left and right. By the third hole, they say, oh, but hey, what do you do for a living? <laughs> Sometimes I just smile and say, oh, I, you know, I, I, I sell life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times they go, well, you know, well, I, 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 I work at a church. Oh, really? What do you do there? I'm the pastor. Oh, crap. <laughs> and they'll always say, oh, and you can watch them thinking, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? And they go, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for what I said. I said, you know, I'm not the one you're in trouble with. <laughs> And we just laugh and start sharing all the way through that. And we have an opportunity to talk about how God can, can work in your life and how he changed my life and how he can change theirs as well if they want to. Invitational style. Uh, last style is called the serving style. The serving style. And this was done by a young lady by the name of Tabitha. It says, in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha who was always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping yeah, this servant evangelism picture, when we serve people in the name of Jesus with the intention of causing their heads to turn heavenward. We don't serve them because we want them to think we're such wonderful people. Well, sometimes we do. Okay? But we serve them so that they might be able to choose, respond to God's calling, might hear his voice, might come towards a light and begin to discover that God loves them and cares for them, wants to direct them. He wants them to help understand their purpose and direction in life. Um, we have health that we get involved in here. And 
they're involved in feeding the hungry. And sometimes they, they use words to share the gospel. Eh? But their primary focus is to take care of people who are hurting. And that's one of the styles, the serving style. Of letting people know that I'm serving you because God is, has directed me to. And, and I love you and I care about you because God has given me this love. And so I'm involved in the serving. That's the reason I do it, not for any other reason than that. Uh, the last style that I want to share, I call it the grace style. And the grace style is when we have opportunity to forgive someone who has done something to us that sometimes is despicable, sometimes is stealing from us or taking things from us that we know they shouldn't have done, but when they're confronted with that, we let them off the hook. We choose to show them grace. And one of the most recent opportunities I had to see this visually was in a show called Les Miserables. And I want to show you this little clip because that's what happens. It's the first time I ever understood that thing. You know, I went to Les Miserables a couple times and watched the whole thing. I did not understand what was going on. Did this and I said, now I get it. What a wonderful grace-filled moment. Where the pastor, in this case the priest, chooses to lie so that someone might be set free. And it works. <laughs> now that's a unique style of sharing the gospel. So we've talked about all these different styles, service, invitational, intellectual, interpersonal, confrontational, testimonial. We all have a different style. But here's the key. Whatever light you are, just shine that light. If you're not a spotlight, don't try to be. If you're a Tiffany, be a Tiffany. If you're a little teeny light, be that light. If you're a card dome light, whatever it is, be that light. Yay. That's the cry of God for each of us. Don't be somebody else. Don't preach someone else's sermon. Share your own. It's unique. It's personal. It's intentional. God gave it to you. We're called to lead people to Jesus at the right time. Love people. Lead them to Jesus at the right time. Determine the content level the person you're sharing with. Are they ready? Has God placed them into that position where they want to respond? And if they are, then bring them all the way down and close it. You're the light of the world. You're the church of God. I can't wait for people to begin to say, the reason I find myself being drawn to God is because of the church. It's because of the church. It's because of their charity. It's because of their love. It's because of their grace. It just overflows. They're, they're a light to our community. The church. God's truth, God's heart, God's grace. We share that in our style. And the puzzle of life suddenly begins to make sense. Piece by piece by piece. Now, there's many of you here I know and some of you I don't. But I encourage those of you that are here that I know. Let me pray for you. Father, today I place these people in your hands and I ask that you will clarify to them what light they are, 
how they're supposed to share your light with those around them and enable them to do it. Lord, give them the ability, the motivation, the willingness to turn on their light. Sometimes, Father, it's uncomfortable. And we're, we're afraid to turn it on. We're, we're like, I don't want to hurt their eyes. Father, grant us the ability to simply turn on our light, to be who we are, and to share how we met you and the manner in which you choose to allow us to share it. Thank you, Lord, as you do that today. Amen. There's a few others of you here who've never met Jesus. You, you're, you're hearing me talk and you're like, that guy's crazy. What's he talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is simple. God did this wondrous thing. We're going to share in communion in just a minute to declare it. Hey, son, here, yeah, you got to keep that turned on. He sent his son down here so that we could see God. He sent his son to become a sacrifice for us so that we could encounter God himself, so that we could have our sins dealt with We could be cleansed so we could respond and listen to God. So if you don't know who Jesus is, I want to encourage you. Just pray the prayer I prayed. Lord Jesus, I don't know what to believe. Help me in my unbelief. And when you do that, you begin to open the door up. And some people will come around you who will share with you that simple light. And you begin to see that Jesus died for you, that he loves you, has a purpose and an intention for you, that God desires to make your life amazing. And every Christmas, amazing, one after another after another. That's his wish for you. So um, that's kind of where we wanted to end up today. And hopefully... You got a better idea of what it means to love people and to lead them to Jesus. So we're going to close our service together here right now with a time of communion. And in communion, we break bread. And the bread is a symbol of Christ's body broken for us, given for us, so that we might experience life with the Father. And then we have this juice. It could have been wine, but we're too cheap for that. So we use 